0: Bye. Everyone, Jason Vest here with the After Ed podcast. Before we get into the podcast today, I want to be really upfront with all of you. This is episode 19, and I want to be clear about what it is that I'm trying to do. I'm trying to change our educational system. Now there are pockets of excellence, but that's not good enough. And until every student every student is getting the type of experiences that allow for them to be creative and have fun and challenge themselves and solve problems and take risks and get out of their comfort zone, make a difference and connect with the local and global community. I'm going to keep doing what I do. Now, that being said, I started this podcast to highlight individuals around the world that are challenging the status quo so that you, yes, you, the one drinking their coffee right now, you, the one on the treadmill at the gym, you, the one passionately nodding your head right now, could keep doing awesome things with your students or hopefully inspire you to start. So one final question Before I introduce my guest today, if you're not doing something every single day with your students to get them ready for life after Ed, why are you doing it? Elizabeth Bostwick is a teacher, she's a speaker. She's an author of an upcoming book, Hashtag Leap Effect. She's a maker, mentor, co-founder of Lead Up Teach on Twitter and YouTube. She's a speaker with Ignite Your Shine. She has accolade after accolade after accolade. So please tune in, episode 19, Elizabeth Bostwick. All right, well,
1: I'm Elizabeth Bostwick, and I serve as an elementary educator, I'm currently teaching fourth grade. I'm deeply passionate about empowering learners to identify their passions and leverage their unique strengths to shine. Right now, I'm in the midst of wrapping up the manuscript to my first book called Take the Leap. And next week, I'll be in Chicago collaborating with fellow educators to co-author the second edition of Education Right Now. And uh, just recently, I returned from Chicago where I was working with PBS as a PBS Digital Innovator All-Star this year, so that was really great. But ultimately, I'm driven to elevate education by giving back to the greater good while also serving as a support and source of inspiration to others.
0: That's awesome. Uh, And I really just want to go ahead and give you a really tough, loaded question. So I know a lot of what you talk about is empowerment. So how do we truly empower both educators and students?
1: Okay, well, I'll start with the student aspect and I think when it when we're talking about empowering students and looking at that, it's really about how can we provide choice to students. So, in our classroom when when we're starting at looking at empowering learners, we look at what options can we first give kids? And in all honesty, the students come to me very compliant. And so many educators would be thrilled to have a classroom of compliant children who are just waiting at your every word to see what they need to do next. Uh, But to be honest with you, it's kind of something that I always look to shake up. And so the very first thing that we do in our classroom is we work towards the flexible seating environment in the classroom. So helping kids learn how they can select the best seating that suits them where they learn best and so that's just one of the one of the starting points that we do so the kids start understanding that this is not my classroom they're not in my room this is their room and that the learning is is what's focusing the learning focus on them and what they want to do um clearly we have our standards our expectations that we have to follow and that's always critical to make sure that we're leaving but once we have that classroom foundation and and of course doing all the culture builders it's then looking at different choices and how kids want to demonstrate their learning so for example working with students of any age we could say hey within this math lesson now you go and you're going to demonstrate your thinking and demonstrate your understanding and so one way that we do that is we help by exposing kids to different apps that allow them to be creative in their thought. Apps that have a lot of versatility to them. Uh, Two of our favorites that we use are Book Creator and Explain Everything just because the kids can capture picture, video. uh, They can do text and voiceover, anything that they need. And it's really neat to see kids rather than solving on just a whiteboard or or a worksheet or a piece of paper. But it really takes creativity to new heights. And you start seeing a different side of each of the kids come out. Um, So those are just some of the ways that we begin to empower learning and um, that's a really loaded question because it it continuously builds throughout the school year.
0: Yeah well I think um, those are great examples and uh, I'm curious I I don't want I don't know where you're going to take this next question and and it's not meant to you know be pessimistic or negative um, at all but I'm curious, um, because I was able to pilot a class where we really and truly empowered kids this year, uh, and with that comes a different kind of feel, a different kind of vibe that you get within your classroom. Um, So I'm curious, um, how does, the, and especially since you're actually in the classroom still, how do um, your colleagues uh, view this kind of, uh, well, not kind of at all, this truly, Um, for the most part, unique and innovative approach to teaching that gets away from the way that we've done things for 100 years?
1: Well, if I step back and start looking at my earlier years of teaching, I think that sometimes I struggled with feeling isolated by some of my colleagues. I think that sometimes people didn't understand what I was doing, and I had that perception of Either they thought that uh, what I was doing was wrong or maybe it was just too different that they wanted to hold me at an arm's distance. But one thing that I've really learned the value of is turning to my colleagues and saying, hey, will you help me with this? So something that I used to do in the past is I'd say, hey, I'm going to be doing this cardboard box challenge in my classroom. I'm going to share the resources with me, but, with you, but let me know if you need any help with it. And so I invited them to join me, but I really left the ball in their court. where one thing that I've done to work along with my colleagues and empower them as well to kind of move towards those innovative approaches is going to colleagues and saying, hey, will you help me with this? What would this look like if we partnered with this? Or even saying, hey, I tend to see the big picture. You think about all the nuts and bolts. When we partner together, it's going to make the experience that much stronger for kids. And I think that that's been a great approach. To work with colleagues, and and I'm really, to be honest with you, right now, I'm incredibly fortunate that I have a phenomenal team that I think they push me push back just as much with me, and I think we um, promote the growth in each other.
0: Yeah, that's great, and you know, to, back to empowerment, that's that's one way that you, in particular, approach your colleagues is by you know playing to their strengths and and bringing them on board with what you're doing.
1: Right. And I been a learning process. You know, I think it's very easy to assume that people don't want to do something just because they're not involved in it with you. But I think when you engage everybody with that shared vision and bring the encouragement and support along with it, I think it really just goes a long way.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I want to talk to you about um, makerspaces in a roundabout way. Um, And not necessarily that, um, everything that goes into it, but Maker spaces, I have found, um, because we have one, and this is not slamming my school. We're we're doing some things that are that are uh, deeper than than on the surface. But a lot of times, people come along and they'll say something like, "Hey, we're we're going to build this makerspace." But what ends up happening is it's really just a surface level thing. It's a superficial um, band aid, if you will. It looks really good, it's shiny, um, it, you know, it fools a lot of people that don't really understand it, so how do we make sure that if we're being innovative and we're trying something new, that it's not just superficial and we really get at the core of kind of the purpose, the real purpose of, of that um, initiative or whatever it is?
1: Yeah, well, I'm over here smiling quite a bit. I have had this very similar experiences to what you were sharing and I think that we can. There's a lot of things trending in education, everything from passion projects, project-based learning, maker education. And one thing that I've started to kind of bridge and grow into myself is is moving past the whole concept of simply maker space, but focusing on rather maker education. We have a maker space in our school, and I was part of that committee that really led that initially. We received an enormous grant that was split between three schools, so a forty-five thousand dollar grant. And, and um, we were really fortunate to receive that. We had everything laid out, um, the vision for it, and included other people from the school to be able to contribute their voices to it as well. And one thing that we've seen is that a lot of people were eager to go explore the Makerspace, but I think that without the underlying foundational understanding of the purpose and how to intentionally interweave success skills of learning um and learning objectives even for students, I think that sometimes we tend to miss the point as educators. And I think we really have to be careful that it doesn't simply become a place where kids play only. And not to say we don't learn through playing. So I want to be careful there. We we certainly kids, adults, we all learn through play, but there also has to be a purpose behind what we're doing at times too. And like you said, they can look shiny and um really impressive on the surface, but are we using them to a deep level? And I think that that's the challenge. I think that it really requires getting the right people to help facilitate it or leave the professional learning behind it. And I definitely think that you have to have the leadership that supports that vision to ensure that every educator understands the value, because there is immense value. But if leaders aren't communicating that and they're not putting the right people there to support educators, it's almost communicating that it's not really very important. And I think that's a challenge
0: yeah, and and you know uh, what I've seen is that um, at least at my own school we've um, we we were like you we received a nice uh, grant to to build this space and, and we're shifting um, to more of the mindset be- behind the, the maker movement um, and and we were close um, we we were close to just uh, being uh, on the superficial end but we realized what we needed to do to really get it to that next level. Um so we we're we're starting down that route um but yeah I've I've seen uh you know in our district we're pushing uh we're calling transformation so focusing on deeper learning uh, and all of these great things but we we can't forget like you said the purpose we can't forget the the true change in pedagogy behind uh these really transformational things we want to have happen.
1: Right I I couldn't agree more and I think that that If we bring in that professional learning and then just the communication of the importance about all that is cultivated in maker education um i think sometimes with schools because of the mandates we are focused on the data and coming together for data huddles and communicating information that is from anything from standardized tests to local assessments and that sends the message that this is the primary importance and clearly, they're of importance. We can't be neglectful and, and not acknowledge those. But at the same time, if we're never coming together to look at how are we cultivating empathy in students, or critical thinking, curiosity, I, I think then we're not communicating the value of those skills as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great point. Um, so, kind of sticking with the, the trendiness uh, of buzzwords in education, you know. Uh, there, there are a lot out there, and one of them is, in fact, innovation. Um, I even uh, called this class that I piloted this year an, an innovation class. We we rebranded our uh, study hall period this year at the middle school level to uh, be called innovation and literacy. Uh, so it's a word that gets thrown around. So in your opinion, um, your experience, what exactly is innovation and Why is it so important in 2018?
1: That's a great question. I think sometimes innovation tends to be another buzzword that does get thrown around. However, I think that as educators we're constantly innovating, but in different ways. And it's really moving away from the way that we've always done things. So innovation in my eyes is when we iterate or shift what we're currently doing to create better experiences for learners. Something that's completely new or different based on what we observe from our students. We innovate when we create authentic learning experiences or identify ways to infuse passions into learning to really develop that intrinsic motivation. And, um, you know, in speaking of that, my belief is that if something is already working and you see the results, we should continue that. But if we notice that our learners are disengaged, or not demonstrating growth, we need to revamp what we're doing, and that is all about innovating and um, just providing those ultimate ultimate learning experiences for learners.
0: So are you saying that sitting kids in rows and making them regurgitate facts is not innovation?
1: I would have to say no, and and I think that one of the reasons why I'm so driven and passionate about this topic is just watching my own two children journey through school. I have a son who's about to be 14 and another son who is going into sixth grade, and he's 11 right now. And, you know, I watched these two grow from the time they were babies and being extremely curious. I mean, our son Julian was outside, curious about how the wind moved the tree branches, and he wanted to know more about the structures of flowers, and there was such intense curiosity. And unfortunately, as I've seen our children go through the school system, they've become less curious, less motivated, and... That's part of the reason
0: why I'm so dedicated to this mission. Yeah, you you are um, preaching to the choir on that. My kids are a little younger. My kids are four and two, uh, and they are, you know, my oldest is has been in preschool. Um, my youngest is getting ready to start. And so the evidence that I was able to gather from being able to pilot this class that focused on design thinking and entrepreneurship and really just empowerment and self-awareness and everything that you get when you give kids um, what they need and let them run with it. Um, I just, I can't go back knowing what I know now and knowing that my kids are someday going to be a part of some type of system. Um, And so I know that, you know that, uh, and we have unique perspectives being um, on the front lines as educators and being connected to what's happening in the world in education, but some parents don't, and they only know what comes home in the homework folder, in the book bag, or what they see on back-to-school nights. So in your mind, you know what do we have to do? Because I would argue that we, uh, as educators, don't do enough to educate the parents and really bring them on board uh, to help support what we're trying to do Um, as far as innovation goes, as far as deeper learning, authentic experience, whatever you want to call it. So in your mind, what is it that we can do better?
1: Are you asking what we could do better to communicate with parents or in the schools?
0: Um, Well, I I guess really the the parent side. So we'll start with that. I
1: think at looking at what we could do to support parents in understanding the importance of innovation is they have to understand the fact that we're educating kids for not just their future, but to live in the world that they're in now. And that, I mean, the world's always changing. We've seen that. And that's a that's a big verbiage that's always thrown around, that our kids are going out into their future and, and they need to be prepared for that. And I think every parent at the heart, they want their kids to be prepared. I think that there's a huge underlying understanding that the only way to prepare kids for their future is through getting them to have a great GPA, and to be able to um, go on to college, and that way you're just going to be set for a career, and I don't think that's the case for our kids anymore. I think there are so many opportunities through entrepreneurship, and I think it takes time to communicate with that parent, so I think we need to be able to have those parent nights. I think even having a maker education community night where families are invited in, or if people are doing project-based learning, having that expo at the end of a project so that parents can come in again, see the authentic connections that kids are making with the community or what it is that they're posing to take action with in their community. I think when parents can see the connection to what they're doing in the classroom and that it's not just something that's being assessed and then graded, I think then parents make the connection of uh, the deeper level of the education
0: kids are receiving. Yeah, I agree. And I, I see this a lot with the middle school, um, you know, and I've talked to parents a lot, in particular, the parents in this class this year, and they were invited throughout the year to different things that we did where they could really see the kids in action. But at least at the middle school level, the parents are really struggling with um, that whole uh, experience where the kid comes home and it's like, hey, what'd you learn at school today? Oh, nothing. Oh, well, what'd you do? Nothing. And so... Uh, when parents are able to see, whether it's on social media, whether it's in person, that kids are actually doing way more than something, um, I think that that's important too.
1: It is. And I think in our classroom, we utilize Seesaw too, which is an online portfolio. And yeah. parents have access to that, so they get to see what their children are learning during the day. But we also have a YouTube channel and a class website, so we can include the links of videos that students create. And it just... It, I believe that parents become so much more supportive when they see the authentic learning and when they start having eyes open to what's possible in school, which is really neat, too.
0: Yeah, it is. So you alluded to it um, uh, a minute or so ago, but I want you to look into your crystal ball right now, and I would like you to tell us uh, what the future looks like and how we get teachers and students ready for it. We'll say, um, so whatever class you had this year, we'll say you know, 15 or so years by the time they, they get to, or not 15, 13, 12, 13 years by the time they get to uh, graduate high school. What, what does that future look like?
1: And just from the conferences I've attended and books that I've read, my understanding is that the future is going to continue to evolve where there's going to be more automation. So more robotics doing menial tasks that sometimes we just assume other people are going to be doing. And I think that we need to prepare our kids not just to be able to complete tasks but to self-initiate. I think they need to be able to um, know how to leverage their passions and their interests, even make community connections with individuals. Networking, I think, is going to be huge, too. You know, I think it's always hard to predict exactly what the future is going to look like, especially because with the advancements in technology, it's changing everything more rapidly than it ever has before. So preparing our kids is, is just critical through all of the success skills, um,
0: that i prefer to. All right, Elizabeth, those were the easy questions. I have 10 questions for you. Um, you have a rule and an only rule that you try to answer them as quickly as possible. Oh, boy. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So, first question. Coffee, tea, or water? Coffee. Back roads or interstate? Interstate. By the fire or by the beach? Beach. Best concert you've ever been to?
1: Room 5.
0: Favorite team in New York? Yankees. All right. Three people you'd like to have dinner with?
1: Oh, boy. Um, I would like to have dinner with George Curros, Katie Martin, and LaVonna Roth.
0: All right, so you somehow managed to get the three of them together. Um, Where are you taking them to eat?
1: Um, A tapas restaurant.
0: Last book you read that really, really impacted you?
1: Learner-Centered Innovation by Dr. Katie Martin.
0: All right, other than you, who should everyone be following in education or maybe not in education right now?
1: Wait, that's tough, too. Oh my gosh, there's so many people to follow. I, I can't. That's, that's too hard to narrow down. There are so many educators who are outstanding on Twitter to connect with.
0: All right. Fair enough. So uh, we'll make this one easy. Last one. So I know how I found you and your work. Uh, but for those listening that are interested in you and what you do and are getting ready to do, um, how do they find you?
1: Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter. I'm at Eliza Bostwick, so it's E L I S A, and then Bostwick B O S T W I C K. You can check out my website at ElizabethBostwick.com.
0: All right, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Hey everybody, what's up? Jason Vest here from the After Ed Podcast. Look, we are growing. We are having amazing guests on, but we need you to subscribe. We need you to refer guests for the show, we need you to go and leave reviews only to help us get better and spread our message. If you love what you hear with the podcast, head on over to Twitter at MrVestRVA. Instagram is the same name. Give me a shout out there as well. Also, if you want to check out what my students are doing from this innovation class that I always reference Check them out on the various social platforms at InnovateHC. That's the number eight, InnovateHC. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your day.